0: Welcome to Inga and the Planet. If you're interested in reducing your waste, staying up to date on sustainability news, or just wanting to hear my random jokes, you're in the right place. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Hello everyone, and welcome back to Inga and the Planet podcast. You know, you guys really are rock stars for coming back and checking in week after week. Um, I know I I take random breaks throughout the podcast, but to be honest with you, kind of the reasoning behind that is mental health and just ensuring that I'm doing my best in every single aspect of my life. And sometimes that means taking a little break for myself and, um, you know, not posting every single week even though I would really love to do that um so I do have a podcast coming out this week next week and um probably throughout the end of the year very regularly and um I'll let you know later on uh whenever I take a break just so you guys are ready for me to not have a podcast for a week but this is um this past weekend I went to Washington DC and had some fun with my friends there um so I actually am recording this on a Sunday which is really exciting so future you I hope you have a wonderful week and everything is going well awesome so thank you again for joining us today I actually have a special guest um Belinda Belinda runs a blog called A Healthy Blueprint. And, you know, we actually just recently met, um, just only a couple of weeks ago, at Ladies Get Paid conference, where a lot of really inspira- inspirational women really came and got together. And, you know, we, it was a lot of discussion around building your own business and getting paid because women are paid a lot less than men. So Belinda and I kind of um, realized that we were the only two people there, that it felt like, that were kind of on the sustainability, in the sustainability world. So we were like, you know what, let's meet up, let's do this, and let's talk. And um, we had so many really great discussions, and this is why I asked her to be on the podcast. I think that there's a lot of things that Belinda can teach everyone, and I'm so excited to ask her some questions. Um, Belinda, how are you doing today?
1: I'm so great. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast, Inga, and I'm really glad to be connected with you. I remember when I was looking up the directory for the conference, I looked up Zero Waste, and you were the only one that um, showed up there, so I'm really glad that
0: we met. I know. I was so excited. I was like, really? There's another person here? And I, <laughs> honestly, I wasn't like even thinking that there would be a lot of people, but I thought there would be a lot more people than us, mm-hmm. but you know. I think we're a growing community and it's always so nice to meet somebody that has, that shares very similar views than you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being on here. Of course. So let's get started. Um, Just tell us like your story, like education, work, um, anything fun, um, but just kind of like where your journey kind of began and it doesn't have to be sustainability related.
1: Okay. No problem. Um, So I am a native New Yorker and I have a background in psychology. That's where I got my undergrad degree. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to school in New York City for my undergrad, and then I went on to pursue my Master of Science in Public Health degree at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, where I concentrated on social and behavioral interventions. But um, historically, I wasn't going to go on the public health path. I was actually on a pre-medical track and my perspective on life kind of shifted when I did a volunteer experience abroad in Ecuador back when I was an undergrad. Um, I was living with a host family and my host mother woke up really early in the morning to boil water for us. Um, So it was kind of my wake up call to see the privilege that I had growing up in New York City. I'm able to drink water straight out of the tap here. But not being able to do that um, in Ecuador really opened my eyes to see what a life that I'm living. And um, I wanted to be part of like a systemic change and be part of a um, prevention side rather than treating someone after they got sick from um, a bacteria, for example, that's in the water. So that kind of spurred me into the direction that I'm in so I got my degree in public health and now I'm actually working at a global advocacy organization for gender equality and the health and rights of girls and women
0: amazing and like that fits so well with like ladies get paid though too yeah <laughs> and um I actually do also have a degree in psychology so I think maybe it's just like a psychology people coming together and just trying to save the planet hmm <laughs> that's so amazing um yeah it's definitely eye opening i think when you go to different parts of the world even like i'm from azerbaijan we didn't have as much privilege as we do in the united states mm-hmm. and i think a lot of the time we do forget about that yeah but yeah so tell me a little bit more about your blog um i know you run a blog called a healthy blueprint and like what what is that all about
1: yeah, so I started A Healthy Blueprint right before I started graduate school. Mm-hmm. Um, it was originally a different blog because I was posting up random things like recipes or if I was traveling, different um, DIYs. It was kind of a mishmash of a whole bunch of different things. But after I knew I wanted to go into public health, I wanted to write something more. Um, I wanted to write content more aligned with public health and sustainability, Um And then I guess circumstances of how I lived um, kind of made me want to shift what I was writing. Um, In New York City, we have the brown bin organic collection for any kind of compost that we have to throw away. So when my family got it in Elmhurst, when we were living in Queens at the time, um, I was really excited to see how much waste I could be reducing from my black bin. Um, And then I realized that we were drastically reducing how much garbage we were throwing away because we were composting. So we were a family of four. And then I don't know, we had bags and bags of black um, garbage bags that were reduced because we ended up shifting to composting. And my family has always been um, avid uh, recyclers. Um, So starting from that, I wanted to see, oh, okay, so I can reduce my waste by composting. What else can I do to sort of lower my impact? And if I'm able to do that, what if someone else wants to sort of live low impact, but might not know where to find these information. Um, how can I sort of help them? And that's kind of where A Healthy Blueprint came to be.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. I actually was looking at looking at it right after we met and I was like, yes, this is exactly like what I kind of think about too, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Like all of these things, I feel like sometimes you feel like everyone should know But really, people don't know that because they might have not done the research you have done or they have exactly the same education as you have had. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of, I think, sometimes for myself, it's unfair for me to judge other people because I have clearly a way different background than everyone else has had. And my experiences are so much different than everyone else's. So, yeah, like we might be understanding things a little bit differently when it comes to like composting and recycling and everything else like that. But, you know, someone who might have never been exposed to that might never know and, you know, kind of live their lives a lot differently um, mm-hmm. without even realizing that.
1: Yeah, and I think that because of the way we were raised, we were probably taught a certain way of like how to recycle, for example, or how we can take better care of our environment. And at least for me, when I was growing up in New York City, I feel like some of the infrastructure and systems that we have in place are set against people who are more environmentally conscious, because um, at least in some buildings here, and at least when I was in Baltimore for grad school, um, they have systems like single stream recycling, which is sort of um, it's meant to be more convenient for the average um, person living in a city, but it actually defeats the purpose of recycling because it can be contaminated, and then it won't be able to be processed in a recycling facility.
0: Wow. Yeah, and um, so I lived in Nebraska and Colorado, and mm-hmm. they all had the single, single stream recycling too. And kind yeah. of When I first was uh, started recycling, and I was so excited about it, I was like, this is so great, I can just throw everything in one bin. But you know, like Mm -hmm. after you kind of find out more information about it, you're like, oh, well, we should probably be separating things, but...
1: Yeah, I even thought that it was a convenience factor for me when I was in school. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, they're gonna be separating it for me? Great. But Mm -hmm. then realizing that, okay, if my paper and my cardboard ends up
0: getting soiled, it can't really be processed out and, and reused again. Right, exactly. And honestly, the building I live in, they separate this they separate paper and uh, cardboard and everything else like that. but sometimes like even I notice like maybe a piece of paper that I wanted to recycle is like mm-hmm. a little wet or something else like that and uh, I'm like, well, I should probably just compose this now <laughs> because mm-hmm. it's not gonna make it through the recycling uh, right Center. Have you visited one of those before? Yeah, I
1: visited the Sims municipal recycling facility in yes. I, I don't know if it's Sunset Park in Brooklyn. But Um, they they have free tours, so I would encourage anyone in New York City to definitely
0: check it out. Yeah, and honestly, I've been to a composting tour, but I have yet to go to a recycling tour, and I was just looking at Sims just to check it out, because it's Mm -hmm. so important. And I feel like even, like, I I don't know everything about recycling, so it's... And even though people say recycling is, like, it's not as important anymore, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about recycling in 2019?
1: I feel like it is still important because if, like the alternative is not doing anything, mm-hmm. but at the same time, Like of the R's that we should be thinking of, like reduce, reuse, recycle, all of that, and even like refuse, rethink. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of R's. But um, (laughs) basically, recycle should be one of the last things that we should be doing because we should be thinking about reusing the items that we have, repurposing the items that we have. Do we need to purchase this item? Can we refuse something that's in packaging? Can we buy naked products, for example? Can we buy things in bulk and bring our own containers? All of these things are ways that we can sort of stop ourselves and correct our behaviors before it leads to a decision-making point where we either have to dispose of it in the trash or have to
0: recycle it totally i agree yeah um so what are some areas of struggle for you when it comes to being you know uh, you you do so many things to stay low waste like what what is the biggest area of struggle
1: my biggest area of struggle right now is the composting factor, because since I moved out of my place, I'm currently living in an apartment, um, and our neighborhood doesn't have the brown bin collection, so I don't have an easy way for me to compost. And for me, I recognize that my flaw is also like a convenience um, factor of if I don't have somewhere that's easy for me to drop off my recyc- uh, my compost, sorry, um, it's not going to be it's, and it's gonna end up not happening for me to end up composting. I'm just gonna end up throwing it away. And it makes me feel bad, but at the same time, it's like I don't know whether I can dedicate my time going half an hour into the city to like the Union Square Green Market, for example, to drop off my compost. And where I currently live, it's really great because I'm living by the Long Island City um, location for Brooklyn Grange, Ooh. and they have um, a compost drop off. But. Uh, the season's over so they're not going to be open for until the springtime so then I basically don't have an option unless I were to travel pretty far out Mm -hmm. just to drop off a compost
0: totally and honestly I just had like 10 bags of compost in my freezer and it was Mm -hmm. getting to the point that like I couldn't even have it anymore and one day I walked and I have actually maybe like a 15 to 17 minute walk to our compost Mm -hmm. here, which is not that bad. But my bags were so heavy and I just kept like switching hands and like carrying all of them. (laughs) So I totally get that like, sometimes it's just so difficult to be, you know, this to live this lifestyle at the same time. Cause you Mm -hmm. know, cause then you, as you're carrying these bags, you see somebody throwing like 10 bags of like trash away and you're like, or just littering, which is so frustrating. It's so crazy how much Twitter is really in New York City. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this is why it is the big city, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some areas that you feel like you're doing really well?
1: Um, well, I have gotten better at bringing my own utensils. So I always oh. have that around with me. Um, I'm starting... I I would have a really bad habit of forgetting to say no straw. And then after I order a drink, I'll be like, oh, shoot, I should have asked for no straw. Or when the drink comes and it comes with the straw, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, man, I I wish I said no straw. So I've been doing better with that. Um, Something that I've been able to do since I was in graduate school was always bringing my own lunch. So I always had things in my own container. So that's something I've been really good at doing. And when I go out and about, I always try to bring a reusable water bottle. And when I travel, I always bring a reusable water bottle and it's always empty. So Mm -hmm. whenever you pass security, you can always refill it. So I think every time I go to the airport, I always see people having to dump out their water bottles and then buying water bottles afterward. And it's just like the easy trick is just bring an empty water bottle and then fill it up afterward.
0: Totally. And I read something that, I think it's San Francisco now, mm-hmm. their airports are no longer selling water bottles, like plastic awesome. bottles. Yeah, I know. And I think people were kind of freaking out because they're like, well, what are we, we won't have water, but it's like, just just bring your water bottle. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. You'll be yeah. fine. How do you deal with eco-anxiety? Because I feel like I really have that some days and it's really bad. What do mm-hmm. you do when you kind of start to feel like, Oh my gosh, like I'm doing all of these things, but it feels like no one else cares or you know, everything is kind of against me in this world.
1: You know, it's it is discouraging sometimes like when I see someone just litter on the floor when I'm carrying my little gum wrapper for example and right. and remembering to throw it away, but I try to remember of the small wins that I have. So um, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like the resident sustainability champion at my office, so starting little green initiatives. Um, We had, I guess it would be a single stream recycling um, at my office and I advocated for a green and a blue bin. That way we can sort of separate the two. And then I put up signs to say which one goes in which. Um, Started a contact collection um, drive. Uh, started the, um, for this past Halloween, there was a, like a candy wrapper and snack wrapper, um, zero waste box that you can get from TerraCycle. So I, I asked if we can buy one of the boxes for that. And then we still have it in our office today. So little things like that, when you can advocate for a small sustainability initiative and it actually gets implemented in your office, it's really encouraging. And then sometimes, um, I'll have colleagues or some of my, uh, my childhood friends will reach out to me out of the blue. Um, I don't know who's following me on my Instagram. So um, when they message me out of the blue and ask me for advice on like recycling, like where do I drop off um, my nail polish sustainably and not have to throw it away? Like it really makes me happy that they seek um, my advice and they're not just going to like throw it away just because it's the convenient thing to do. They're trying to go the extra mile to get that information.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that's where social media can be so good because like, people can kind of, you can show what it could be very easy to be more sustainable. And I think people pick up on that. And mm-hmm. that's amazing. That's like one of, I think that's one of the best feelings is when you feel like somebody is like paying attention, but, but in a right way. And they're like, I want to be better. Like I want to do better. I want to be more sustainable and you can help them with that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I know, like, it, it was a struggle a little bit for me with my family, with uh me going completely, like, close to zero waste. I wouldn't say I'm completely zero waste, but, like, low waste. But, like, has it been difficult with you and your close family? Like, have there been times where they're, like, you're kind of crazy?
1: <laughs> they wouldn't say that I'm crazy, but... There's kind of the barrier where let's say uh, my mom wants to buy me stuff because since I moved out, sometimes she wants to buy groceries and she'll go to like a bulk store and, and buy like, uh, let's say granola in bulk. And then Mm -hmm. it's in plastic packaging. And then I have to say to her, like, I'm very grateful that you're buying this for me, but I want to try not buying anything that's in plastic. Mm -hmm. And then she'll get frustrated because she's doing something nice for me and paying for something, but it's kind of like. I'm trying to do something for the environment, but you want to be grateful that someone's doing something nice for you. Um, and then also uh, I was uh, working in Cambodia. And then when I came back, I wanted to reduce my meat intake by a lot. So I didn't want to eat any red meat on weekdays, no poultry, no, no red meat on weekdays. And then that was very hard for my family to adopt when I was still living at home at the time, but they slowly eased into it. But it's like, it's, it's kind of a push and pull, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Totally. Um, so, um, I know you studied public health. What would you say are some pain points between public health and sustainability? I feel like that's a loaded question. I know you can, (laughs) (laughs) I know.
1: Um, I guess in terms of, so public health and sustainability when I just see the news, like, the things that are most prominent right now are, let's say, the wildfires that were in California that were happening with the rainforest in, in the Amazon, um, that are happening in Australia, that are happening in Africa. Like, That is a sustainability issue because, first of all, trees are being deforested, animals are losing their habitats, but also it's a public health issue because think of all the smog, think of all the smoke. People are losing their homes. So their livelihoods are at stake. They're losing their communities. Um, Us not recognizing that climate change and global warming, like droughts related to the wildfires, like everything is sort of interrelated, but not addressing climate change ties in with so many other factors with public health and sustainability. And I don't know, like I don't have a solution for that other than like our our leaders need to pay attention and recognize that because there's a wildfire it's not like okay we need to turn off the electricity from from these electric companies and that'll solve the problem no it's something more systemic that we need to
0: address 100% i think that we people we have a hard time understanding that the reason like like for example someone's like well, all of these people lost their homes because there was like a hurricane or flood or whatever it is. And it's like, it is because we are in climate change and it and, and is very, again, intersected, like you said, with um, plastic pollution, but it's so much bigger than that. You know, it's like oil companies and it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot of different things. And I think that it's a hard it's very difficult for people to admit their mistakes and to say, you know, we are responsible for this.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also, I don't know if it's denial like climate change doesn't exist or it's mm-hmm. the fact that it's such an overwhelming issue mm-hmm. that people don't want to face the fact that, hey, humans did this and we need to start addressing this because it's, it's gonna be too late. We have less than 11 years
0: yeah exactly yeah thank you so much for your time today this was so helpful um, of course am totally, really happy yeah, to have been on this episode <laughs> you're totally such an inspiration i love your blog, and i think that everyone should definitely check it out where can people find you and learn more about you and what do you have to say
1: so i am on instagram mm-hmm. at a healthy blueprint And I also have a website, um, it's ahealthyblueprint.com, so you
0: can check me out there. Awesome, I'll definitely get that link so um, the listeners can check it out. Sounds good, thank you so much. Thank you so much, have a wonderful day. You too, Bye. bye. All right, let me pause this.